think we're recording. Yep. Looks like we are. Yep. Sounds pretty good. Sounds good to me. I see little little wavy lines. That means (laughs) sound is being recorded into the computer. Sounds indeed. Cool. Cool. Well, welcome to Super Duper Stitious. The paranormal podcast. That does sciencey stuff. With (laughs) with creepy tales. (laughs) This will never not be uh, terrible. Yeah, we I we just hope you guys appreciate how much of an effort we put into making these intros as clunky and awkward as we possibly <laughs> can. It takes hours of rehearsal um, to get it just right. Yes, <laughs> I'm so, Wyatt. I'm Jake. We yeah. forgot to introduce ourselves last time until the very end. Yep. I realized. So, so now we're, we're gonna introduce that out of the way now. now. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we're gonna talk about some spooky stuff. Oh yes. in a sciencey way. Mm-hmm. Um, but first off, uh, Wyatt, yeah. uh, how was your Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Can you believe that weird current event that happened this yes, week? Yes, it was very crazy. And, you know, it's so fun to now talk about it in the past because <laughs> it is in the past. It sure is, yep. Wyatt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we haven't done it yet. It's I mean, we have done it we, already. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, God. Halloween is not tomorrow. No. <laughs> no. So, yeah. So, uh, it's the third <laughs> God damn it. But the upside is that we're now actually recording these the same week they come out. So Yes, indeed. Like a real life podcast. Yeah. Can you believe it? I will I'm tell a you, real so boy. I did um, go to a Halloween thing over the weekend in Portsmouth oh. um, with a friend, Bridget Williamson. Shout out to you for accompanying me to this weird Halloween party I would normally not have gone to. Neither of us mm. would have, it turns out. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was at a nightclub. It was very uh, oh. overwhelming. Oh, my. But it was a costume contest. Did they, call, cool. did they call it a freight club for that night? It was, uh, it was actually called the Festival of Witches. Oh. Um, it was pretty cool. I did give out some of our business cards that night to oh, various drunk people who yeah. approached me, including one person in the street who is one of the co-hosts of a podcast in New England called Project Wicked. Oh, okay. Very cool. They do uh, creepy stuff and true crime stuff in the New England area. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, I'm, we're going to have to check Groovy. that out sometime. Well, shout out to Project Wicked in that case. Yeah. So, that's it for Halloween-related updates I have so far. Nice. Um, I uh, I have only, having watched Stranger Things. Season two? Season two, baby. Oh, yeah. I did the same thing while I worked on my They're kicking it off for right. For Halloween that ha- has already happened, the, that we did. That, yes. The costume yeah. that I finished. The costume that's done and not sitting here incomplete <laughs> a day before the day. Thank God you got it done in time. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I did sit and watch so uh, intense. all of season two. That was pretty fun. All of season. So my girlfriend and I watched only episode one. And we're going to ration them out and watch one a week. Oh, damn. That's... Um, if we can. <laughs> this is the, the easy time where you set the rule. After watching like one episode, yeah. and then you know, probably come Friday, we're going to be like, let's watch all of them. <laughs> I wish you the best of luck. Yeah, thank you. I'll need all my strength to resist. So I'm going to try and make this really quick this time. The You're update about- on the Phantom of the Chicago. That Phantom Man. Luckily, because we um, haven't had so much space between recordings this time, there aren't so many things to update you on. Okay. But I'm still going to try to make it fast. Okay, sounds good. So, October 22nd, 2017. This is a new source. Um, hmm. And again, for people who may be listening for the first time, the Phantom of the Chicago. Excuse me. The Phantom <laughs> of the Chicago. It's almost too frightening to say out loud. <laughs> is a um, large humanoid flying bat creature or creatures of which there have been mm-hmm. just. So many sightings this year. Upwards of 50 now, I'd imagine? I think we may have broken 60. I'm wow. not positive oh of gosh. that, but it's it's around that number. 
Uh, just tons of sightings of these this flying humanoid bat creature. It's huge, about six to seven feet tall, like fifteen to twenty foot wingspan, glowing red eyes. Um, <laughs> really weird. It almost sounded like you said sixty seven feet tall. Sixty seven feet <laughs> tall. <laughs> I think I saw it out there. <laughs> and so people have been. So the main source we've had for this is a guy named Lon Strickler who runs a website called PhantomsAndMonsters.com. <laughs> the sighting I'm going to talk about here actually is from a Midlothian Topics forum. This is a forum for mm. people who just live in Midlothian, I guess. And it's topics huh. with an X. Um, this so, forum must be popping off right now if this is what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> it's just funny. I checked the forum again today, and there's no updates on it. Um, huh. Singularfortian.com, the other place that we've been looking at for sources because they've yeah. been organizing these stories into a timeline, uh, actually reached out to this guy but didn't hear back. Um, so a quick quote from a hmm. pizza delivery person. <laughs> I was on my way delivering a pizza in Mid- uh, Midlothian on Thursday night, October 19th, 2017. I was at the dead end on Waverly Avenue in Clifton Park at. I went to turn on my truck and saw a huge dark figure standing on a concrete ledge in front of a massive wood fence. Hmm. It was bigger than the fence, like 10 feet tall. This hmm. thing was swaying in the wind. I turned my brights on and this thing was like a demon, not a man. Had large, uh, had a dark color with dirty gray skin. Ooh. It opened its wings and flew off in a second, sideways right above the houses. I did not. Um, I did make a call and they said it would be looked into. What the fuck? Alex fair that would be spooky yes so we don't know who he called uh singular 40 i made a call <laughs> the singular singular 40 society here asking who he called i mean <laughs> maybe it was ghostbusters we don't know <laughs> i um, mean that is who one is gonna call yeah so hopefully um more will come from that october 27th 2017 this is from phantoms and monsters this is what we've been waiting for <laughs> phantoms wyatt and monsters yeah. <laughs> i can't get over it fucking photos wyatt actual photos photos let or me see. Photo. I Let guess. me see. So this is a photo. <laughs> Let me turn up the light. Let on me. It. Uh, yeah. Can you see? <laughs> it's not very big, but it is pretty it, weird. Oh. Is it zoomed and enhanced, which is not a thing, of course. Hmm. Um, so this is um just just a kind of a thing that Lon does every day called his daily two cents. I want to. This can is, you uh, scroll up again? Yeah. So there's uh, the interesting. full resolution. So I want to at some point I may contact Lon. Because okay, here's what yeah. he has to say about this one picture, which is yeah, pretty low he res. Say? He says, um, actually, for this one, depending on which way it's flying, that could be like a heron neck. That's true. I don't know. The wing, though, the wings, the curvature makes it seem like it's going left to right. It does. Very much. So he says, I re- received a few images and sketches over the past few weeks. I'm looking into each submission. If anyone can offer further information, it would be appreciated. Thanks, Lon. Okay. Here's another picture. Even that blurrier. one is... It's useless. Just, it's absolutely useless. It could be someone through a uh, catcher's mitt. Yeah, the in the corner of their room or even. Like, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to, um, I want to know if these are the full resolution the pictures were that he got because nowadays phones like take for the most, like the majority of phones, uh, present company excluded, take really high <laughs> resolution pictures. <laughs> I carry around a rotary phone <laughs> that I've taped a <laughs> disposable camera too. <laughs> You have to plug into a nearby telephone wire yeah. to make a call. It's, it's a hassle, but <laughs> exactly. you know you don't want to jump on these trends. Nope. Um, but most most <laughs> camera phones they're not, they're not even called camera phones. Most phones have camera a camera. Phones. But, it's not two thousand six. <laughs> most phones have cameras with much higher resolution, um, just images than this. I mean, this is pretty far away. So I, I want to know if the, he has higher res images right. than this and just they upload it this way or if this is just what I, we have i suspect that's as good as he's got why Probably. would you ever upload that last one well have you seen his website no i have not okay <laughs> oh <laughs> that might answer your question right there uh. but um 
yeah. So okay, that's that's Still, all I have for the that's roundup uh, of, of exciting. I yeah, guess, it's we're finally, it's something to look at and, and, exciting, and ponder exciting. over. Not just mm-hmm. more stories, although still another story. Again, right. of someone describing it as a demon. A demon. Yeah, I mean, someone saw something, and then he made a call, <laughs> and they said they'd take care of it. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Yeah. Like, <laughs> don't worry. Who did them. he call? <laughs> just imagining. It was like called like J.C. Penny or something. <laughs> I saw a demon. They're like, don't worry, kid. We got you. Also, we're going out of business. Yeah. Also, please buy some sweaters. Anything. Anything. I actually thought about when I um for making my costume for Halloween this year, I wanted a bigger mannequin than I managed to get. They're surprisingly expensive. Hmm. And I thought, oh, I should check out JCPenney. They're selling literally everything, including <laughs> like shelves and like anything no shit. they have like, clearing out the wow. store. So would have been enough. The end of an era. Mm-hmm. Well, so should we talk about something else? Let's talk about something else. Yeah, I'm over it. Would you like to uh, start out this I'll, time? I'll kick us off. Yeah, sure. So to set the scene for my story, sounds... Sounds? Sounds, as many of you may know, are simply vibrations transmitted through a medium as waves of pressure. Because of this, sound can be used for more than just communication or entertainment. As you are experiencing right now. Indeed. (laughs) We're kind of communicating, and if we're really lucky, maybe entertaining. Exactly. (laughs) It's a roll of the dice. Um, So, you've heard of the missile... Oh my god. You've heard of the missile Cuban crisis, but have you heard <laughs> it was of when the people Cuban were using these crisis? sandwiches as projectiles? Right? Exactly, <laughs> they threw them around the room. People got really nervous. Um, so, more recently, have you heard of the Cuban sonic attacks? Cuban sonic attacks. Like I, you brought this up when we were talking about what to do for this week, and I think I may have heard of that kind of, but I really don't know what it is. Okay, so this is a story that's been unfolding. Um, well had been unfolding not to cut to the end too quickly here but well, uh, yeah but it's fully unfolded now it has unfolded but we're going to kick it back to when i sort of caught wind of it back in september and so i'll start with an excerpt from a guardian article the blaring grinding noise jolted the american diplomat from his bed in a havana hotel he moved just a few feet and there was silence he climbed back into bed Inexplicably, the agonizing sound hit him again. It was as if he'd walked through some invisible wall cutting straight through his room. Mm. Soon came the hearing loss and the speech problems, symptoms both similar and altogether different from others among at least 21 U.S. victims in an astonishing international mystery still unfolding in Cuba. The top U.S. diplomat has called them, quote-unquote, health attacks. Health attacks. At least some of the incidents were confined to specific rooms or even parts of rooms with laser-like specificity, baffling U.S. officials who say the facts and the physics don't add up. Hmm. Aside from their homes, officials said Americans were attacked in at least one hotel. An incident occurred on an upper floor of the recently renovated Hotel Capri. A 60-year-old concrete tower steps from the Malacon. Maybe I'm saying that wrong. <laughs> this is in Cuba, you said? Yes. The, yeah, the, the national language of Cuba is French, so that makes oh, sense. Manicon. Havana's iconic waterside promenade. Some felt vibrations and heard sounds. Loud ringing or a high-pitched chirping, similar to crickets mm. or cicadas. Others heard the grinding noise. I like that they just leave it there. <laughs> <Some> this <laughs> is the sound of... The grinding noise. <laughs> 
Some victims awoke with ringing in their ears and fumbled for their alarm clocks, only to discover the ringing stopped when they moved away from their beds. The attacks seemed to come at night. Several victims reported they came in minute-long bursts, yet others heard nothing, felt nothing. Later, their symptoms came. Some have mild traumatic brain injury, known as a concussion, and others permanent hearing loss. Permanent hearing loss. Huh. Well, from, from this weird sonic? From this strange thing. So people are waking up into this horrible sound that is sort of coming in intermittently. And, and it's really focused on just the spot where they are. Seems to be extremely targeted, exactly. They move a little bit and it goes away. They move back and, oh, God, there it is again. See, I'd be interested if, I mean, no one's going to, if you're in your bedroom and something, the sound is happening to you, you're not going to do what I'm thinking of. Like, oh, what if you walk out, like you walk away, the sound goes away. Walk a little bit further, does it come back? Like if you're in a node versus versus a peak? Oh, interesting. Yeah, sure. So if we're thinking of a waveform here. Yeah. Yes. There have been times when I've been in, like, if you're in a room troughs with troughs and peaks. Yes, troughs. That's yeah, and um, you can be in just the right spot where some noise will be just like killing your ears, and then you move like half a foot to one side. And it's like oh, okay, that's better. That yeah. Hmm. I had not thought of that before. Uh, where am I now? I ruined it. Damn it, <laughs> ruined Jake. the whole story. You pull the plug on it. <laughs> Let's see. While Cuba's government declined to answer specific questions about the incidents, on October 2nd, Time reported that several anonymous U.S. officials stated that of the 21 victims, American spies suffered some of the most acute damage, hmm. including the brain injury and hearing loss that had, as of then, not healed. Well, spies are known for all their, like, the concussions and stuff. That's been an unfolding story of all these concussions and how that particular profession is maybe not as safe as people thought it was. True. And, oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of football players. <laughs> it's true. I, I always get those two Yeah, wait a second. Are you a spy or are you a linebacker? <laughs> that sounds like a novel that you'd find in, like, a grocery store aisle. <laughs> um, let me see here. In some cases, and in certainly many of the more recent cases at this point, victims didn't even hear noises and weren't even aware that an, att an attack was occurring and only identified the symptoms later. Hmm. And this raised concerns that the, the attacks were getting more sophisticated and could be even ultrasonic or infrasonic. So ultrasonic sounds are those, as humans, we can only hear a certain range of sound frequencies our ears can only detect a relatively small range, in fact. Mm. And those sounds that are too far above that range are considered ultrasonic. And so these are sort of the pitches that rise so high. It's almost the dog whistle effect, if you will. Yep. Um, and then we also there are also infrasounds, which are so low that we can't hear them, but we might sort of detect them just like as a rumble let's say or even as like you can cause different effects on feelings i think if we uh, mm -hmm. sometimes when we talk more about ghosts and stuff i think Ooh, infrasound will make ghosts. another appearance yes indeed oh very cool very true so carefully used sound can be applied anywhere from the familiar such as sound navigation and ranging or sonar mm -hmm. to the less familiar for some for instance in the lab folks can use what's called a sonicator to break apart particles of tissue or other matter this can be applied in anything from DNA extractions requiring tissue lysis to dispersing nanoparticles and liquids. I mean, duh, am I right? <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of when I heard about that. But sound can also be used for militant purposes. So sonic weapons, 
for crowd control or personal defense or otherwise do exist. Like the brown note? The brown note. Is that like the note that kills you if you hear it? No, it's the <laughs> joke thing where it's a note that when you hear it, it causes you to shit your pants. Oh, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> the next the next worst thing. <laughs> and so many technical or professional applications of sound either involve ultrasound or infrasound. So the fact that, again, the fact that people were reporting symptoms without having heard the attack sound in the first place, if I can sort of use air quotes there, um, suggested it could have been infrasonic or ultrasonic. However, though, on October 12th, the Associated Press obtained a recording of the sounds used in the attacks. This was corroborated by a number of people who had experienced these things firsthand. And when they heard this recording, they were like, that is the sound right there. Shit. So I can play that for us oh, right now. Oh, you have it. Awesome. I do. All right. Let's get that happening. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> that, that's the sound that was the sound they heard. <laughs> and um, I don't know about you, but I feel kind of nauseous right now myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, here we go. So let me just, uh, hopefully this won't be too loud because it might kill all of us. It's been a good run. Oh, God. I see what you mean about the cicada-like sound to it. Indeed, right? Bear that in mind. So so I was really intrigued by all of this as the story was unfolding. Um, because it's just so... I mean, like we were kidding around. It's very James Bond. Um, that kind of like deadly or at least like dangerous espionage aspect of some, you know, top secret unknown technology it's yeah very you know ripe for that kind it's of very uh, ray gun like kind of or death ray kind of uh mm, feel to it as it, far as yeah exactly right and trump even went so far as to uh take advantage of it and point the finger directly at cuba i mean up till this point no one was really seizing on this as any kind of a political ploy it was just like some weird shit is happening in cuba Well, someone had to do it why not him yeah <laughs> that's that's our guy. <laughs> and uh, Cuba fired back with a statement <laughs> blaming the attacks on cicadas and crickets, <laughs> which I thought was awesome. That is pretty great. Um, and I would love to just play I know you sort of already said so, but uh, I'm just going to s- play it one more time. With that in mind, think of bugs when you hear it this time rather mm-hmm. than some strange weapon. I mean, it sounds like it could be kind of industrial, but also it's like, that sounds like bugs. It sounds like bugs. It really does. Um, And so accordingly, The Guardian, who um, also recently ran an article featuring top neurologists, including Mark Hallett, who is head of the human motor control section of the U.S. National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke, and is the president of the International Federation of Clinical Neurophysiology, which is quite a mouthful. And quite a couple of titles right there. Um, and he suggests it's mass hysteria brought on by what is arguably a very high stress work environment. Mm. So he, but he also defends the aspect of it being some sort of psychosomatic disease, if you will. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if these people, th- you know, maybe they're su- suffering from stress or anxiety induced conditions, but if they think they're being attacked by a thing, yeah, you know, and they're totally convinced of that. He's like, you know, we're not. I'm not trying to like stamp on their experience here. Sure. It's just, I don't really think that it is some kind of sonic attack. There's like a lot of the stories you've talked about on the show is um, when there's more than one report. Once someone has it in their head that oh, this could happen to me, then something weird happens to them. They think oh, it's that same thing. Right. 
I think exactly. it's kind of the definition of mass hysteria, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the final nail, or I guess nails for me, came, as they often do, from Snopes. And they sort of soundly dismantle these aspects mm-hmm. of either it being ultrasonic or infrasonic attack of some kind. They interview multiple specialists from different professional walks, um, including this guy F. Joseph Pompey, who is a former MIT researcher and current chief executive officer of Holosonics, which is a company that develops devices that focus sound into narrow targeted beams. Okay, so if someone were to make it, this these people he's would, like yeah. Trust me, we've tried. <laughs> um, and in his consideration, uh, focused or controllable beams of infrasonic sound would require an array of subwoofers, quote, the size of a stadium, <laughs> which, you know, is, is super hard to hide. <laughs> he also goes on to debunk the application of ultrasound, um, stating that for an ultrasonic uh, device to penetrate into a person's body at all, the victim would have to either be submerged in water or have the device um, in physical contact with them. Wow. So otherwise, your body kind of just reflects these waves off. So at this stage, it's a whole lot of nothing, but um, I still thought it sounded like a cool story. (laughs) It is a very cool story. And I, um, so did anyone in, like, while people were still kind of jumping on it and theorizing about it, did anyone have any suspicions as to how it was being administered? Like, where the sound rays were positioned or anything? Not, not to my recollection from having read the slew of articles as they came out. It was very much, this is happening. People don't know exactly where it's coming from, but it's localized at least in Cuba and seems to be targeted, uh, you know, uh, diplomats. I was about to say dictators. <laughs> the Dip- same thing. They're the same. Am I right? <laughs> um, diplomats, folks associated with the U.S. and Canadian governments, were uh, the main receivers of this kind of this kind of thing so, to such an extent that they even that recording of the purported sounds um, was used to sort of like train or at least orient a sort of skeleton crew that they left at the U.S. Embassy in Cuba because they, they pulled a bunch of people out when this was happening wow. out of fear that it was a real attack. So, I mean, huh. the 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 fear was there. It just seems like it was a whole lot of nothing, potentially. Wow, that's really interesting. So This is all just like about a month ago, then. Yeah, and I guess I guess the attacks, this this whole phenomenon has been going on for the better part of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, but it's really hit the the news cycle hard. About, oh my god, you know, Wyatt! Two months ago, this is all bat sonar. It's it's the <laughs> Phantom of the Chicago. <laughs> it strikes again. <laughs> There's he, weird stuff happening. He in lives in Chicago, but flies to Cuba <laughs> to do his stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh! So there you have it. That's, well, my, all right. that's my story for this week. Very cool. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sit back down. On the theme of sounds, mm. I have some sound-based stuff to talk to you about, Wyatt. Lay it on me, sir. So Super to begin excited. with, I'm going to give you a little bit of background information. All right. NOAA. The National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration is a U.S. scientific agency that monitors, you guessed it, the oceans and the atmosphere. That ain't what I heard. Just kidding. <laughs> Their overall mission includes five, quote, fundamental activities. I'm quoting them here from the Wikipedia page like a true professional. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Monitoring and observing Earth systems with instruments and data collection networks. Uh, Understanding and describing Earth systems through research and analysis of those data. Mm-hmm. 
assessing and predicting the changes of these systems over time, mm-hmm. engaging, advising, and informing the public and partner organizations with important information, and managing resources for the betterment of society, economy, and environment. What a bunch of squares. <laughs> so they were formed in 1970 after President Nixon proposed an agency for, quote, the better protection of life and property from natural hazards, for a better understanding of the total environment, and for exploration and development leading to the intelligent use of our marine resources. I just missed a really good opportunity to do a Nixon impression. Oh, well. Oh, it's, yeah, exactly. You should have. There's a lot of words for me to just stumble over anyway. <laughs> I shouldn't make it more difficult mm-hmm. than I need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of NOAA's monitoring methods include recording audio underwater. Mm. I think you know where I'm heading uh, here. Yeah, when you when you kicked it off with the oceanographic and what what have you, I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. But um, this is a little but, more... you know, yeah, folks at home. Yeah, this know is a fun story. story, and actually there's more parts to it than even I realized before. Oh, okay. So starting on March 5th, 1997, the Equatorial Pacific Ocean Autonomous Hydrophone Array, you know the one, uh, recorded a sound <laughs> in Antarctica's Ross Sea. It sounded like this. Um, <laughs> sorry, I gotta find which one it what is. What a spooky noise. <laughs> it sounded like this. Four, right, that's four hours long. <laughs> okay. no, right, that's enough of that. You get the, it's that kind of that weird whistling sound. Was that water ghosts is my question. That was indeed water ghosts. Oh, you um, just blew the lid off this thing. <laughs> Damn. Uh, this sound was dubbed the train based on the kind of whistling right. sound. Right. That's like, funny. That's a good name for yeah. it. Yeah. I, I kind of prefer water ghosts, but <laughs> whatever. I don't Ooh. think, I feel like Noah isn't inclined to the go train. quite that. They already were, like, people already they jump on. Much more kind of a. Just straightforward. Hey, this is what it sounds like. This is what we're going to Brick and mortar it. answer, yeah. Yeah. I think um, we're going they to already have to worry train. about conspiracy theorists jumping on top of the stuff. Anyway, they don't need to feed that by naming oh, it something no. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Although, <laughs> Can if you imagine I, if they called it water ghosts? <laughs> I, I, if I were me working there, I would just like purposely call it like the most ridiculous things, <laughs> just to make people like, wait. Why is it called that? Oh, it, that's classified. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, May nineteenth. Need to know only. Go on. Sorry. So this is sorry. This is a few months later. May nineteenth, nineteen ninety-seven. Mm-hmm. The eastern uh, Eastern Equatorial Pacific Ocean Autonomous Hydrophone Array in the Antarctic Peninsula recorded the following sound. So wait, wait, wait. Before we play it, how mm-hmm. far apart are these two things? Or are you going to get to that later? Time-wise or distance-wise? Uh, distance-wise. Is this the same one or a different one? Uh, this is a different one. Different um, microphone. This I is mean. different, a different um, part of the same array, but in a different portion of the South Pacific, still somewhere in Antarctica. Uh, it's uh, in the Antar- Antarctic Peninsula recorded this sound. The first one was in the Ross Sea. I'll have to look at a map again and see where the Ross Sea is in relation to the Antarctic Peninsula, but maybe I'll try and even like make a map of these or something. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Or if nothing else, I could just like... I don't know. People can look. <laughs> if you care. It's all around Antarctica is the yeah. point. Google um, it, damn it. God damn it. I will try to make it as easy as possible. Do we have to do everything? <laughs> so here's this sound, uh, but sped up 16 times. Whoa, that's crazy. Come Some on. of these sounds are really low, and so uh, uh, this one is sped up for the purpose of being more audible to the human ear. So 16 times sped up sounds like this. that one 
one. That one is spooky <laughs> as so, anything. Yes. Oh. So that one, um, that was a pretty short one because it sped up 16 times. Um, the uh, the full length is seven minutes, and it's called Slow Down due to its decreasing frequency over the course of its <laughs> runtime. So they kind of... Why didn't they call it Dringo Stop? Dringo <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Uh, this one was actually... Uh, so the cool thing about this sound, it has been picked up several times a year since then. Ooh. Yeah. So whatever is making that sound Cthulhu is still out there. Cthulhu turned asleep. March 1st, 1999. Right. Uh, once again, a sound is picked up by the Equatorial Pacific Ocean Autonomous Hydrophone Array. Two years later then. Yes. Um, this time it was so loud that the entire array, not just one region of it, picked up the sound. Uh, this one is also sped up 16 times. So that was that, was that mm. sound. Mm-hmm. The origin of the sound, according to Noah, seems to have been somewhere between... Uh, Bransfield Strait and the uh, and Cape Adair, both in Antarctica. Mm-hmm. They named this one Julia. I don't know why. They never <laughs> actually said why of the places that I looked at. It really um, obviously said Julia. <laughs> Julia. Julia. Actually, I kind of want to. Let's check it out again. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's just see. <laughs> that might be. Nope. Nah, it's just sound. Still. <laughs> be kind of fun if that were the case yeah um because i am all leading up to of course the uh the big one so th- i did these chronologically except for this last one i'm jumping back from 1999 to 1997 again okay, because okay. i wanted to save the best for last yep the bloop uh, this sound was picked up in the south pacific by wyatt the equatorial pacific ocean autonomous hydrophone array of course damn i <laughs> did not see that coming at all <laughs> uh, it was triangulated to an area west of cape horn in south america at approximately 50 degrees south, 100 degrees west. In Noah's oh, words... Oh, I know exactly where that is. <laughs> these actually will have on a map a link to these areas on the map um, for the show mm-hmm. show links. Um, in Noah's words, the sound, quote, rises rapidly in frequency over about one minute and was a sufficient amplitude to be heard on multiple sensors at a range of over 5,000 kilometers, oh 3,100 miles. So... Really, really loud, That's whatever it was. crazy loud. So we're going to listen to it first at the 16 times sped up. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't done that in a while, so I'd forgotten why it's called the bloop. Um, this will give you an idea of that. So here is the bloop sped up 16 times. <laughs> it blooped. It did bloop, didn't it? <laughs> I believe that's the whole thing. Yep. So bloop. So, obviously, that's where it gets its name. Uh, what makes it so interesting is what it sounds like when listened to in real time. I'm realizing now I've only ever heard it in real time, too. And the so real time is just so cool. So, I'm going to play crazy. that right now. It's fascinating to me that you'll see. Yeah. I'll, uh, and it's 2 minutes 45, so I'm going to not play the whole entire thing, but just some good parts. So it starts out super low and just kind of menacing sounding. Mm-hmm. But it picks up. Where the bloop sound, when it's sped up, comes from is coming up in a second here. I'm surprised I didn't call this race car. <laughs> yeah, I can see that being a pretty decent one. <laughs> I should have I found the timestamp for where the, the good part is, quote unquote. Uh, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> Some quality listening right here. Yeah. 
then it continues from there. So that's um crazy. That's a pretty creepy sound. That's quite the noise, yeah. <laughs> really cool. And, and you gotta remember, this is so loud. Like this is so incredibly loud. <laughs> it's picked up three uh, thirty one hundred miles away from its source, five thousand kilometers. So like really, really far. Um, oh my gosh, it's incredible. So what? So this is uh, several different cool, weird underwater sounds, all coming from the South Pacific. What is making these sounds? Right. So I mean, if you were hearing these for the first time, which some of these you are hearing for the first time, right? What would be your main guess of what the heck this all is? I'll just pretend I don't know. I mean, my first, I my first thought, or at least what I, the story I liked when this first happened, and I was naive to everything, was something, some kind of creature. Yeah, I wanted very badly for it to be some kind of huge, monstrous creature that, like, could, you know, given that it's communicating underwater, much like perhaps like a whale would, you know, use these really deep, loud noises to uh, communicate with others across huge distances so the lowest and loudest known animal sound underwater is the blue whale mm -hmm. uh, so here's a couple of blue whale sounds to compare to i'll just try with a couple of cool ones so that's some some whale sounds and then mm -hmm. here's a blue whale in the south pacific which is where these sounds are coming from For what it's worth, it's so similar. You have the really low sound and then the really high sounds there. So you kind of get like the the bloopy sounds, sort of. I mean, still not quite, not nearly not, as not, low, not the same. Yeah, but then but the toots of like the train, kind of. Yeah, so there's some get similarities some of the there. train in there. Yeah. The problem is if you, when you look at like the actual frequencies involved, it's so much lower and several times louder than any known living thing. Right. It's just so much louder, which would mean it's something much bigger than any known mm. living thing, mm -hmm. which is really creepy. Uh, the idea of it. So it's something previously unknown to science, something bigger than even a blue whale. Right. What is down there? Right. One of the most fun pet theories people had is looking at, so 50 degrees south, 100 degrees west, roughly, is where this was. Um Again, they were just based on um, distant or relatively distant underwater recorders picked this up. So they're just trying to triangulate based on where the sounds were coming. Multiple recorders How they hit picked the it up at the same time, right? Yeah, or at different times. Like depending, depending on when they picked it up and where they were, they could kind of triangulate how far the sound had traveled before it reached them right. to figure out where it came from. Um, so at 47 uh, degrees, 9 minutes south, 120 degrees, 43 minutes west... That is the location of the nightmare city of Rillier, or however you say that, which is um, where dead Cthulhu waits dreaming. <laughs> oh my! There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so people like it's, uh, so it's uh, it turns out to be about nine hundred fifty nautical miles, or a thousand seven hundred sixty kilometers away, uh, on a map that looks like this. Um, so here's the bloop, roughly where it came from. Here's where Cthulhu is. sleeps. <laughs> yes. So. Um, so, I mean, it's... Cthulhu it, was going for a walk, basically. Yeah. When you look at on, like, a full map, it looks a lot closer like, than it does here on the right. globe kind of thing. Um, right. And it's still more just kind of a fun thing. It's like, oh, it's... That's that's where he... Maybe it's the sound of Cthulhu just, like, <laughs> snoring or something. <laughs> but it is just, like, a really... It's a very... H.P. Lovecraft was right. <laughs> and the thing about... Especially, like, all these sounds have similar characters to one another. 
Uh, in particular, they um, the bloop had the most similar qualities to other living things, basically mm-hmm. the way it modulates and the kind of different characters to it, to the point mm-hmm. where um, some of the scientists involved actually deemed it the most likely of these sounds to maybe come from some kind of animal. Oh. So just speculating that, oh, you know, it could be, mm-hmm. um, which, of course, people heard that as even the slightest possibility and just ran with it. Right. Um, so... What are the actual explanations for these sounds? Um, I'll go through them in order. The please train. Do. What's that? I said, please do. Oh, okay. The train. <laughs> Not go through them. Oh. God, you didn't let me finish, Jake. <laughs> the train. Uh, I slow. I'm having flashbacks to plaintiffs. <laughs> um, the sound of the train was ice slowly scraping across the seafloor. Mm-hmm. Occasionally hitting different areas that made those little kind of toot sounds, I guess. The sound slow down was ice hitting the seafloor and grinding to a halt. Mm-hmm. Hence the slowly descending um, mm. pitch of the sound. It was slowing down as it just kind of ground uh, to a halt. Right. Uh, Julia was similarly also an iceberg running aground. Not necessarily quite the way it slowed down. Like you know, may have been like a, a straight on approach and then completely came to a halt. Whereas Julia may have just been kind of just bumping into the ground such a weird um, name yes <laughs> i don't the other ones have some degree of like logic to their names logic yeah. yeah the bloop again this is the most likely to be an animal well that likelihood was only in comparison to the other sounds and even then only presented as a hunch right uh what it really turned out to be is an ice quake huh because uh, a lot of people talking it. about this thing you know it had um it didn't sound people people were saying oh well, it's it's too low and too loud to be a known animal but it doesn't sound anything like any known like geological things we've ever heard before. Mm. It's not tectonic activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has similarities to both. Well, we don't know. Well, so how do we know that any of this stuff is ice and not actually some kind of super cool sea monster? <laughs> spectrograms, my dear Watson. It's all spectrograms. <laughs> so that's a way you can actually visualize sound mm-hmm. to look at it and see mm-hmm. you know, what its actual full characteristics are in terms of uh, time and like the frequency in hertz. Like we can what throw it, some of these up there too. I yeah, I'll, I'll definitely link to all the sounds and all of their spectrograms so you can compare them. Now, some of them it may look kind of different, but the way... They use this kind of stuff for like a bat call research and things like this. Oh, yeah. Well. Any, really, anything anytime you want to... Yeah, anything you want to... <laughs> if you want to actually measure sound and specifically patterns of sound or characteristics of sound, you use spectrograms. And when you compare all these audio profiles to another, they're extremely similar and mm. also similar to known ice-related sounds. Specifically, while they were tracking an iceberg called A53A as it disintegrated near South Georgia Island in early 2008, hmm. they found that, oh, this sound is what we've heard before, and if we match the we they were tracking it, saying, oh, this is ice, it's making these sounds, compare it back to those sounds, like, oh, those must have been ice, They match too. up, right. Yeah. And same se- profile. Yes, and several recorded ice quakes since then have sounded similar and had the same amplitude as even the bloop, like that was the loudest one heard from the furthest distance. And, ice quakes. And subsequent man. ice quakes have had the same loudness as the bloop. Hmm. So that is, uh, that's just a fun little uh, little dive into uh, ocean sounds. I dig it. <laughs> and bonus points for the pun. Yeah, this time it was on <laughs> That story was very cool. I'm done with those. Okay. Um, so the uh, you don't really think of ice as quaking so much, but it still makes sense. Earthquakes are when you know two or more tectonic plates or tectonic chunks of plates bodies, um, right. yeah, collide in some way, either head on or one goes under another, or they grind subduction. side by side. Yeah, subduction exactly. 
any number of interactions where the plates move against each other can cause earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Um, ice is always bumping into itself, and it's, that's <laughs> stupid how, ice. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't know where it's going, <laughs> but it's frequently, you know, it's these, some of these ber- icebergs can be absolutely gigantic. Oh, and my once goodness, they, yes. Once they get like moving, like once they're actually floating, like on ice shelves break off, which is happening more and more these days. Yeah. Um, but when they break off and start moving. They're just so gigantic, much bigger than any blue whale or anything. And so yeah, you have to true. think of it when they were to coll- if they were to collide, they're going to make really low pitched, really loud sounds that we wouldn't really expect. Absolutely, so it's just neat seeing. Like it's it was a fun story for a while. People trying to figure out what this stuff was, and it took several years before because that was recorded. Like um, those were nineteen ninety seven through ninety nine, and mm-hmm. it wasn't until two thousand eight that we really confirmed. Oh, this is what an icequake sounds like. That's what the bloop sound. It's a like. solid like ten years to sort of ponder. Yeah alternative hypotheses yeah, but you know that's how science tends to go like you, it's true it's you, very true you wait and see like gather more evidence and then see what makes the most sense right so i th- i mean this one is kind of a spooky story when you hear what the sounds sound like but it's also a fun story because it's just it's science in action that's kind, it resolves, of, kind yeah. of our thing it is it's true thank you very much for that story jake yeah so that's a little foray into uh, sounds for, yeah. for this week on Super Duper <laughs> Hope that sounded good. Yeah, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I mean, we've we want to try and discover the whole, run the whole gamut of different weird, um, strange. We're going to go out all there. over the map. Oh yeah, absolutely. And there's no predicting where we'll go next. That's right, because we literally don't even know <laughs> yet. <laughs> we, we decide at the last possible second. That's right. <laughs> But uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Again, thank you, if you very much. If you want to um, leave a, a nice rating and review on yeah, iTunes or, or Apple Podcasts, as I guess they call it these days, that the helps us out hugely. You know, feel free to subscribe there or on SoundCloud. Send us your own creepy stories at yeah, contact.superduperstitious.com or go to the contact page at superduperstitious.com. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, tune in next time. I'm for sure we'll have more. another. Very good set of stories for y'all. Oh, yeah. We'll get spooky again, and uh, we'll probably ruin it with science again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> get ready to get creeped out and then let down hard. <laughs> it's what we do. <laughs> All right. Well, talk to you then. Yeah. Bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>